0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone.
1: This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Jen Snyder. Jen is with GovQA. Hopefully I have that right. And we're going to have a really interesting discussion about data, data management, and really a wide variety of other topics that we really have not explored. So, Jen, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today.
0: Well, thank you, Tom. As you had mentioned, I am Jen Snyder. I'm our Chief Evangelist at GovQA. And so what my role is, is that I'm normally a part of working with all of our existing customer base as well as supporting the sales staff and doing a lot of our speaking engagements, working with associations that are in our space and just really kind of understanding the full breadth of what everyone's dealing with today and making sure that our products and what we're delivering are meeting all of those especially when it comes to compliance and and risk mitigation things of that nature. First of all,
1: I'm the compliance evangelist so we evangelists have to stick together.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, many of the listeners to this podcast are in the compliance field although it's a wide variety of different disciplines, but we have, also have a lot of other uh, business executives. So, I was wondering if we might be able to start with Why is the management of government requirements so critical and and indeed so difficult?
0: What's interesting is, you know, when you're a private business, you know, a lot of what you're doing is private, unless you're, you know, publicly held. But in the government industry, everything you're doing is being done with government money. So everyone has the right to understand what's being done with that money. So there's a lot of concern about how everything is being done. Is it above board? Is it very transparent? And then because the public has the right to know that information, that makes the public record space just incredibly critical to the, to the management of the government. So today, with everything that has happened in 2020, you can imagine that what was business as usual in 2019 has completely blown up. So when it comes to staying compliant, how do I do that when I've just sent a workforce that's never worked remotely all home? How does that happen? How do I stay compliant when I can't access documents because I was a little behind the times and everything is still in paper? So there's a lot of challenges that we've seen hit government this year that the private sector has been ahead of because normally the government sector is is kind of trailing behind. And the problem is is that you owe the public that information. There are laws in place that say you must do it. There's been no real reprieve to any of that this year. So Folks are struggling for new ways to be agile and adapt. And, and those are not things that are normally part of government behavior.
1: I have a series called Compliance and Coronavirus. And one of the things that, podcast series, one of the things that I've observed speaking with experts like yourself was ideas and trends that were percolating maybe in 2018 or 2019 have just exploded exponentially in 2020. And yep. you uh, spoke about that. I don't wanna say if it's even more so in the government space, but when I talk to people in the government space with COVID, with the explosion in government contractors and the PPE part, and then the PPP part, which is Mm -hmm. where people and companies got money, we've seen a lot of companies struggling to fulfill these obligations that they either didn't know about or weren't applicable to them. So I was wondering if you're seeing the same thing from where you sit.
0: So from where I sit, what we see is, Improving the public records process and improving technology in general across government, it comes in different layers, right So where we may have been priority four or priority five, and when I say we, I mean saAS- based companies taking things from on-prem to the cloud and and that whole process. when we look at where that sat in government, it was probably sitting four and five in the priority list. When all of this started, that flipped the switch. all of that has changed priority, so where you had IT departments that were more focused on the internal versions of what was going on in their world and not really focused on what the business unit was doing, that has all changed. There's a lot more compliance coming into it. People are writing, you know, data governance policies that didn't exist before because they've got people all over the place and they've got data all over the place. So it's going to be an interesting year in 2021 because I think you're going to see a huge transition to the cloud. You're going to see a ton more need or demand for electronic documentation. That just was, it would have been a nice to have in 2018 and
1: 19. (laughs) I was really interested in in your remarks there because you spoke about both a tactical solution, document management, Mm -hmm. and a strategic Mm -hmm. solution around data governance. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about how government QA can help a company both tactically and strategically in these areas.
0: Sure. So what we do as a company is we look and we follow each state's legislative Rulings on how they need to manage data. So, that could come from the state, you know, CIO's department or the governor's office that says, here is going to be our data governance policy. If you're going to use this type of data as we've categorized it, you must behave in this way. So, we at GovQA always follow that process. So, we, if we need to know that you need to be in a CGIS compliant environment or you need to be in a HIPAA compliant environment, that's what we're going to follow. So, And speaking of trends, actually, I'm going to sidetrack for just a second. We saw very little of that in 2017, 2018. We started to see it trending in 19. It's going to be huge in 2021. So where I would tell you I saw it in maybe four or five states a couple years ago, you're going to see it everywhere because people have to control that data. Part of the reason for that is think about the things that have come to us this year, right? We've got the pandemic, lots of sensitive data involved in that and data people were never dealing with. Then you had civil unrest, lots of data that we've never dealt with there. And all of the states now are reevaluating their policies around officer conduct. That's another area that was never part of the public records process. So these are all new data areas that need a new governance. How do I manage this? What's going to be acceptable to release and what's not? So those policies are really being scrutinized right now. And where there weren't very solid policies, you're going to see that all change.
1: Let me change the focus just a little bit because sure. many of my listeners work in multinational companies or companies would have some international footprint. So they're at least familiar with GDPR in Europe. Mm-hmm. One of the issues around GDPR is subject access request. But when I talk to data, privacy or data, protection officers in the United States, I think everyone's frustration is you can't get a national law. And obviously California is leading the way in this. But right. we are moving towards a patchwork literally of 50 different laws domestically in the U.S. That's a very long-winded way of introducing the next question. <laughs> it is in researching you and GovQA for this podcast, one of the solutions that you have in place is how to respond to complaints. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if we could get a national GDPR type or like law. Could this resource that you guys make available be adapted for a data, privacy data protection? perspective as well.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, at, at the core, GovQA is a, an enterprise workflow product. So it's a highly configurable product. It can manage a lot of different areas of an organization. Public records, because it's so pervasive across government, has been the obvious first need of most organizations. And then depending on what they're doing, it could be complaints, it could be correspondence, it could be claims. There's so many different ways. But what a essentially our product does is it's a very powerful and can be complex workflow tool that allows for the management of any process that really has a lot of risk and compliance involved in it. So public records is one, complaints is another, claims is another. If you don't do these things and you don't do them with due diligence and have a defensible audit trail, people can challenge that. You know, you will end up in court, you will end up in litigation.
1: The anti corruption laws in the U.S. that I typically deal with focus on international behavior and international conduct.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: unfortunately, we've had some massive domestic corruption scandals literally in the past six months. And so, companies, U.S. companies, are beginning to understand that a compliance program around corruption also has a domestic component. Once again, that's a way for me to lead in to ask you to explain what's a legal hold and why is an re- effective response when a legal hold is requested so important. And here I want you to focus on your work in the domestic arena.
0: Sure. So a legal hold for us is where when you're using some technology to manage the public records process, you begin to have the ability to see trends and patterns, right? So you understand that something is trending that you know could potentially lead to some type of lit- litigation. That's normally where a legal hold in our world would take on its own life. So what that means is, data today has its own retention policy. So if it has a retention policy, you get to destroy it, right? It only gets to stick around for so long and then it can go away. Well, when somebody puts it in a legal hold situation, the reason they do that is because they know this could potentially lead to litigation and they want to make sure they have everything they need preserved to be able to put together that kind of defense. So it starts at the public record space in most cases for us in in my world. And it identify some type of trend, some type of event that's happened. Unfortunately, a lot of times it could have something to do with the public safety arena or law enforcement in general. And, you know, it it alerts them that, hey, something here is, you know, we're smart individuals. We see that there's a potential trend here or pattern, and we want to make sure that we have everything we need. So they begin to get, a they put together a legal hold, which basically tells everyone involved in any part of that particular event to preserve all of that information or evidence. Uh
1: So what's the role of GovQA in that? Do you have software which assists that? Do you mm-hmm. go in and actually audit? If I'm Tom Fox, a general counsel, and I call you and say, look, I have a problem or I have a suspected problem, mm-hmm. how would you help me or walk me through doing that?
0: So our, the way our software works is that it allows the organization, and normally it's, it's usually probably spawn out of a legal department. And the legal department would then be able to use our software to launch that request for that preservation of that data or evidence. So that ends up to be a way for them to basically build that audit trail that I keep speaking of, which tells you, okay, we went to all of the appropriate related departments and or units and said, this is the situation, this is what we need you to confirm. What do you have? And I need you to hold it. In many cases, they hold it in their own units, but in a lot of cases within our tools, they can upload that information and bring it all into one central location so that it's stored in the Microsoft Azure Government Cloud, totally secure in our secure system. And that way, the people who are in charge of that legal hold scenario know where it is and that it's there. If they don't do that and they let the units hold it, the unit then just confirms back through the tools that they have X, Y, and Z and that it is being preserved. So now there is just, again, the audit trail and the confirmation of what we have, what we don't have, and where it is. So when it comes down to having to gather it, whether that's for a subpoena, whatever that next step is, they know where it is and how to get it.
1: Let me change the focus again, because I came across either an act or a term I had not heard before. And so what is an audit for Federal Information Security Management Act? And what does it demonstrate?
0: So you're referring to FISMA? Yes. (laughs) So FISMA is a, a set of guidelines that was designed by the federal government So it's essentially to mitigate an organization's risk. It basically sets a a level of standards and guidelines as well as controls. And what that does is it allows an organization to say, okay, here's a framework that I should follow to know that I'm meeting these standards. What's different with GovQA is that we follow a lot of these standards. We follow them for HIPAA, CGIS, FISMA. And what we do with that information is we make sure that we're compliant, and then we bring in a third-party auditor because we wanna make sure that our customers feel confident that we are following those guidelines. And right now those are the best guidelines we have. So we follow them and we make sure that they feel confident that their data is being protected in in the correct manner. Furthermore, what that does is it establishes this sense of security and it also gives our customers that confidence that I'm I'm mentioning, but it becomes part of our GovQA culture. And so for us as a company, We take that all the way through not only our physical location, our staff, our actual deployment of our product, the application as a whole, and how we have it deployed in Microsoft Azure Government Cloud. So we look at that from top to bottom, all the way through the application, through our staff. So we do staff training every year. We do, you know, there's our third party audits, et cetera. But it it essentially is a set of controls and guidelines and standards set by the government, the federal government.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned culture, because that's a rare example I've heard of a set of regulations, actually, you guys using that as a framework Mm -hmm. to help inform your corporate culture, not just on a one-time basis, but it sounds like on an ongoing basis.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we have multiple audits that go on yearly. And as I mentioned, you know, a lot of times in, in many companies, that happens in an isolated fashion in a technical department, right? And the rest of the organization isn't really aware of that. We test our employees on several of di- of these different audit procedures all year long, so we want to make sure that they know security is. We're not messing around. We're talking HIPAA data and criminal justice mm-hmm. data. I mean, we we have to all understand that from the bottom up.
1: Jen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this mm-hmm. uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or of QA, where could they go?
0: Absolutely. So. You can reach out to me by email, J S-N-Y-D-E-R, at govqa.com, or you can go to our website, which is govqa.com. You can reach out to us dr- directly there, or you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and you'll find an area where I live, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can reach out to me directly. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well.
1: And I would just add that you guys have some great resources, uh, free resources available on your site. I read several of your articles and blogs in preparation for this podcast. So uh, if anybody is interested in any of these topics, my suggestion would be go there and check out the website.
0: I appreciate that, Tom. Thanks for having me today. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.